1: Well, here we are, the first episode of the reborn after the checkered flag of 2023. And the first ever
2: off-season pod.
1: No, I think you're wrong there.
2: <laughs> well, what a way to kickstart this year. Because <laughs> I think we've done quite a few, like, pre-season episodes, like, oh the but, season ahead. Okay, and- yeah, but then at that point, they're already testing, or we've seen the liveries. In my eyes... As soon as Drive to Survive like launches <laughs> on Netflix, like we're in the season. Yeah, okay,
1: no, we're in you're, January. This is definitely the most off-season episode we've <laughs> ever done. As
2: deepest as it gets.
1: Yes, but but hopefully this is a this is a inkling. No, this is a clue. I'm basically saying this is what you should come to expect from after the second flag this a- absolutely. year. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, if you're listening to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or any other podcast player, and you're thinking, hey. I'd love to see the faces of these lovely speaking guys. I'd love to see their expressions as they have these conversations. (laughs) Well, you need to head over to Recast because these days, the video version of After Checker Flag sits exclusively on Recast and it went live about five days before this audio-only version and that will continue throughout the year. Uh, If you missed our episode at the end of last year, After Checker Flag is going to look and feel a bit different this year. Not only is the video version going to be sitting on Recast, um, but we're no longer doing this sort of specific race review like we used to do well we found that there were a few logistical problems with that
2: logistical problems and
1: motivational problems (laughs)
2: let's face it (laughs) after a french grand prix no one's got anything to talk about (laughs) that is true yeah (laughs) when there's a boring race it's quite difficult to talk about for an hour
1: (laughs) (laughs) so the idea or the aim is this year is bi-weekly. I think that's our most realistic aim at the moment. Obviously, logistics might stretch that every now and again, but bi-weekly sort of magazine show elements, where we're just going to chat about the world of F1, and that may include a race review or even a race preview. Yeah. Hello. And so to kick things off today, we're going to be talking about a whole lot of different stuff. Uh, Firstly, all the new team principles, because (laughs) it has been one of the most insanely busy off-season periods I can ever
2: remember and not even because of the drivers. It seems like every time I launch social media... Launch social media? That's, that's what I right. do every morning. I launch it. <laughs> I going, launch social media. 2023 comes to all sorts of vocabulary changes as well. <laughs> um, when I open my phone and look at social <laughs> yeah. media, uh, there just seems to be a completely different change within something that I don't understand. So I'm here to learn. Ah,
1: interesting. Okay, well, that's fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> We're also going to be talking about this kind of... Well, seeming bid, I guess, from Andretti and now Cadillac to enter Formula One that for some reason seems to be meeting a lot of resistance. Well, I
0: mean,
1: what's that about? Well, we'll discuss that, Paul, in today's episode. Fantastic. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I also need to tell you about Max Verstappen's... virtual Le Mans outburst. (laughs) Yeah,
2: because all I've seen is photos of him topless in Barbados, which I'm not that keen on.
1: (laughs) (laughs) He was having a very jolly (laughs) off-season. But yeah, we'll we'll touch on that. And then finally, actually, and on that note, we kind of want to see what the F1 drivers have been up to. In the off season, we're gonna we're gonna launch social media <laughs> <laughs> and see what the drivers have been posting, what theoretically they've been up to this uh, yeah this break this this off season period. So uh, yeah, let's launch. I'm gonna get obsessed with that. I'm gonna be <laughs> it. Let's kickstart the
2: first after <laughs> Flag episode of 2020. I'm glad it started with a bang. <laughs> Do we have a theme tune for this bit? No. All right. We're not going to over-theme tune it. Oh, okay. <laughs> we'll move it. over the top every section. Why not? Oh.
1: <laughs> new team principles! Woo! So you were just saying <laughs> off camera
2: that you don't care about new team principles. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how aggressive to come into this section considering this is a new after flag. No holds I, barred. I think I'm coming at it from the perspective of even though I've been a fan of Formula One for quite a few years. It's quite on and off. And I focus a lot of my attention on the drivers. Now, obviously, in 2022, when we had that really heated year, we also got to see a little bit of the personality between Toto Wolf and Christian Horner. Even on Drive to Survive, I don't really listen to the other faces other than the drivers. I'm not that interested. So who cares about team principles? Well, I'll come back to you with two comments. Firstly, <laughs> not even Gunter Steiner? no oh, like he's I, hilarious come I'm, on I'm not interested you're not fussed no okay, like, well, I get all of the memes that have come out and he is quite good value but like he's just paid to manage run a team what? or like paid what? to be the manager of a business but you're a big football fan mhm don't do you, really care about managers. You don't care about managers?
1: No. But do you understand the role that they play? Because they're not... More, more, it's not, it's <laughs> yeah. not like a... What's called a figurative position. Yeah, like, yeah. They are literally CEO, theoretically. Yeah, <laughs> They are team principal. They are running that team.
2: I, yeah, I think because... I don't know. I might sound contradictory here where it's more visible on a football pitch in terms oh, of disagree, strategy. Uh, you don't see the players on the football pitch... Argue about in race strategies to the manager. The manager kind of tells the team Mm -hmm. how to play, and until they get another order, they kind of go as the manager. Whereas what you see in Formula One is a lot of the drivers go, "No, I'm not coming in this this lap. I'm going in next lap." But (laughs) I know there's more to being a team principal than just deciding on a strategy and when to pit during a race. Um, I just feel like it's not necessary. I th- I, so what I would say is I actually think I, di- I don't think they're I
1: think they're very rarely involved in the strategy I mean some team principals will be different mm. you have to think of them as as CEOs of businesses mm. because that you know look at Flavio Briatore essentially he was CEO of I think Benetton Clothing and he mm. got bought in to, to run the Formula 1 team because if you're good in business and Toto Wolff is kind of the same he had a history of being good in business and he could apply a lot of those skills to a formula one team because you know some of these teams are a thousand people Mm. and it is managing people and resources it's i don't think Toto wolf is sitting there planning the strategy he has all these employees all these incredible people who say to him toto this is what we want to do and toto might say explain why yeah as long as the sound is logical he'll go yeah go for it
2: but i also think maybe last year and the year before we've just been bombarded with Christian Horner Ugh. the majority of the time Ugh. during race weekends. Yeah. So no one really gets the the limelight or no one else gets a spotlight shone on what is going on with other teams, which maybe that's me... Not engaging enough. Like, I totally understand the team principal element. And I actually did say last season that the entire, like, top level at Ferrari needs to go because they're just making so much. You got your wish. (laughs) Oh, I know. (laughs) And that's why I've turned up this morning. (laughs) Well, I guess it's a perfect place to
1: actually start the conversation is yes, with Ferrari, because of course, that's kind of what slightly kick started the whole what was called merry-go-round and it was binotto out and finally i mean there was a great uh photo that was shared or a meme that was shared of uh, red bull christian horner in place since 2000 when did red bull come into formula one 2006 <gasps> help me out somebody 2005 2005 maybe
2: this isn't live so no one's going to help
1: you out okay <laughs> <laughs> well put in the comments how badly i got that wrong
2: was <laughs> uh, in that time ferrari been through i think five or six different team principles uh, it- Again, like, it is so easy to compare to a football team that's had loads of managers and not actually got anywhere versus actually having someone who is providing stability, a direction, and proper leadership, and you get to see, like, how the team can flourish.
1: Well, and and let's face it, last year, Ferrari lost the chance to challenge for that championship. I'm not saying they lost the championship, because I think Verstappen and Red Bull were fairly unbeatable, but they lost the chance to challenge through... Fundamental mistakes throughout the team, and as we were just saying, whilst Benotto might not have been the man going, Okay, we the pit that 25. I don't know oh, what I'm
2: doing. That's good. I've a lot of people. That
1: <laughs> how many times have you been to Italy and Ferrari and you still come out with that? Come out with that semi Romanian accent. Um, but you know, I don't think he's calling like bring them into the pit on lap 25, but he is overseeing. he is responsible fundamentally I think for fundamentally all of those
2: departments. You could see it throughout last season. There were a lot of there were a lot of things that went wrong. And then there was those photos that aired of Binotto like wagging his finger at Leclerc and you knew that there were some internal problems. Definitely some internal problems. And my
1: my issue as a Ferrari fan is, okay, we acknowledge Bonotto made some mistakes, or at least the team made some mistakes, and therefore Bonotto is fundamentally responsible, just like The Apprentice, you mm-hmm. know? And often, <laughs> often, uh, what do they call themselves when they set themselves forward? Candidate. Yeah, no, but when you have a challenge, and they're
2: challenge leader or whatever it is. Oh, you know, um, like them. a team leader or yeah, something. Yeah, but they,
1: who wants to... Project uh, manage? Yeah. No,
2: that's not it. It's
1: so annoying. Why can we not It's literally that? on TV at I, the moment. I love The
2: Apprentice. <laughs> who
1: wants to put themselves forward to... Oh, anyway, well, yeah. So he was ultimately responsible. But when you bring in a new team principal, that is at minimum three years mm. to get that team principal up and running, to to see the benefits of their mindset, their mentality, to get the rest of the company working in the way that they want them to work. And obviously, they brought in the legend that is Fred Vasseur. I know you still don't really care about principals, and you don't really, you're not too aware of them. But who is he? absolute hero. He was at Sauber. He was Uh, ex-Sauber team principal. If you want to have a laugh, Google or YouTube or TikTok, uh, Fred Vasseur funny moments. He is one of the funniest team principals on the grid. (laughs) He's hilarious. He just takes the piss out of everything. I think he's potentially the right man for the job. First French man in charge at Freyce and Sean Todd, who obviously was responsible for the Schumacher era. So I I think there's a lot of positives to look at there, but we're going to have to wait and see. But no matter what, it's going to take him time to whip
2: that team into shape and can't expect him this season <gasps> Well, so we're,
1: going to, we're back to square one again of oh well
2: we're aiming for 2028 20, for yeah. championship you're like oh, come on but and- well, they came out halfway through last season being like all we wanted to do was build a fast car we've done that ah, let's see what happens next year it's like the most relaxed thing it's almost as though they did that interview over a glass of red wine and a bit of pasta yeah <laughs> <laughs> literally so that's my frustration. I mean
1: I'm expecting Ferrari to have a fast car again this year but in that key moments of decisions on track and off track you know which area we should push development how to motivate the team I say it's going to take a
2: while to implement his new style is, I, th- I feel like if it's not going to come from maybe it will come from Vasseur it could also come from Leclerc it's a bit cool.
1: Um, anyway, that uh, move uh, has uh, shaken things up. I actually still don't think we know who the team principal at Alpha Romeo is um, because, of course, we got to announce that Andrea Seidel, who was team principal at McLaren, has moved across to Sauber mm-hmm. to kickstart the Audi takeover. Right, okay. So he's team principal, but he's going to... Sorry, he's CEO, so he's going to oversee the Audi takeover. We still don't know who the
2: team principal is going to be. Okay. Well, um, at least they've got someone that is committed to a period of time and quite an important period of time as well by the sounds of it so i mean that's a good thing well, and let's face it audi sport coming into f1 is huge it's yeah. a
1: monumental moment that we should celebrate and be pleased about and very excited for and uh yeah great that they're they're proactively putting pl- things in place now they're not just like chancing it oh we'll just rock up in 2026 and just you know do you reckon they'll are? try
2: and put quattro in a formula one car <laughs> no
1: But if they put Quattro badges on the Formula 1 car, I'll be furious. Uh, So that made uh, Andrea Stella, has moved up to team principal uh, uh, McLaren. I Um, mean, he's got a job on his hands. we can talk about that. Well, in a Piastri little... versus Norris. <laughs> yeah. Well. I think that will be our twenty twenty three season preview yep. uh, that's got to come. Um apart from that, the only other position we had was James Vowles, who mm. was uh George James. Yeah. Uh has now moved over to team principal at Williams.
2: Please tell me you saw
1: George's tweet like oh uh, congr- James, congr- it's george, congrats. <laughs> yeah it's oh, a classic george like, Rush instantly tweet,
2: de-launched my social media <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, but yeah so look a big shuffle around and you know to the casual enthusiast or casual viewer as you say who cares some of these people no one would have heard of so i get it but these are fundamentally seismic shifts for these
2: companies these, these teams are companies and they now have new head honchos in some shit. Which is weird because last year, they all had to get round their head around an entire new car. Mm-hmm. New generation which, of Formula Yeah, one, which yeah. obviously um, threw a load of spanners in many works for a lot of teams. And then a year after kind of figuring things out, they've made all of these changes. From a business element, that sounds like a, a disaster waiting to happen. <laughs>
1: Well, we spoke about the fact that Audi Sport coming into Formula One is fantastic. Mm. And there were obviously all these rumours about Porsche joining at some point last year. And that kind of died a death slightly because I think they fell out with Red Bull. But supposedly- well, they're too busy interest. building your GT3. <laughs> oh,
2: yes, <laughs> we must were. focus on this car. It's such a crazy spec. <laughs>
1: Literally. <laughs> We've never seen anything like this. <laughs> um, but whilst there's all this sort of excitement around those kind of brands or companies getting involved, there's been one- brand one company knocking on the door of f1 to not much
2: excitement within which is really weird because um, uh, america are kind of taking over formula one you're seeing a whole load of these new races coming out which is exciting vegas miami austin rumors of new york once again yeah i mean it's it's mad So so it makes sense for this to be a thing and i don't understand why it's being met with such a Backlash mm.
1: Well so just to clarify This is Michael Andretti and Andretti Racing Who Incredibly successful Racing operation Over in America Compete in different series uh, Said last year We, we want to get into F1 We want to be a uh, I've lost track Is it an 11th team? Yeah We want to yeah. be the 11th yeah. team In Formula 1 And A lot of the teams Within the sport Seem to be like mm, No we're good mate Like, Is no, that them no, a thanks. little bit nervous About the competition? Well we'll get into it In two seconds But it was also the FIA, it was, it was old um, Ben Sullyman, is that what we're going to call us? So not the way to say it. <laughs> New head of the FIA. Um, uh, was also like, mm, I, who are you, Michael Andretti? Like, we're not that interested. Like, if you get like, if you partner up. Like, really it? Really dis- It was all a bit weird. They were just all a bit like, go away, man. Yeah. Go away. So Michael Andretti went, okay, well, I'll come back stronger. Yeah. yeah. And so he went out and he partnered up with General Motors, mm-hmm. and specifically Cadillac to be a bid from Andretti Cadillac. And I think at that point, it was very hard for the FIM and for Formula One to just completely ignore. Yeah. This is a major, major name within US automotive, uh, not only just from racing, but also road cars, uh, combined to try and, yeah, come together into Formula One. But still there's resistance. And as far as I can tell, it comes down to money okay <laughs> unsurprisingly with formula one yeah because of course you add an 11th team it dilutes the, the prize pot mm, the money pot yeah and, and all those big players especially like ferrari who have their heritage prize pot um <laughs> legacy prize pot uh but you know they, they don't want to dilute dilute the money that for them they're like why do we want to add an 11th team to the order we're just going to get less money from from the tv rights but they're stuff, spending like less
2: money because of these budgets you think that matters or do you think that they're like oh there's more profit now yeah literally yeah
1: yeah i mean for them it makes sense as to why they wouldn't want it to happen Uh, yeah um i think very selfish super selfish but welcome to formula one (laughs) i mean literally (laughs) formula one 101 selfish sport (laughs) (laughs) but i think as fans we want to see it don't we like the more cars on the grid the better Other than Monaco, yeah. yeah.
2: (laughs) (laughs) We need less cars, or just everyone get into half-size Formula 1 cars for Monaco. Please, that would be so good. Or as I've
1: long said, I'm going to fly that flag again. Go-karts.
2: No. (laughs) (laughs) would be amazing.
1: A super qualifying weekend in Monaco. Yeah, yeah. Hot lap challenge. Yeah. That would be, I think, unbelievable to watch in Monaco. Um, If they're doing Vegas on Saturday night, why not just change up the Monaco format?
2: Anyway, um, (laughs) so... I think as fans, we want to see it. Yeah. Um, so Cadillac are in uh, Le Mans. They're in. They've they've launched their hypercar, haven't they?
1: Have they done it for Le Mans or is it for the what's the um, I I am um, I am uh, mm, God. This is my baby Imsa. brain. IMSA, thank you. I think it's IMSA, isn't it? it? Really? Is it for hypercar? Well, let's let's have a little Google. <laughs> I thought that it was. Welcome to a behind the glass branded podcast where we know nothing. Um,
2: <laughs> Cadillac. Type in Cadillac hypercar. There you go, Le Mans 2023. Cadillac, oh yeah, to take on Le Mans
1: in 20. Well done. Look at you and your knowledge. Fantastic. Hey. So Cadillac are going for a big that's, racing... That's what I
2: mean. ...identity at the moment. That moment. That's obviously very important to them. Does to that mean we're going to get, like, proper road cars? I'm not discrediting what Cadillac do as road cars, but they're not building two-seater supercars. No, but they are building...
1: They're the BMW M yeah. of America. Of, of course, we like had Escalade V Series ob- yeah. obsessed. Yeah, the CTSV and the ATS V obsessed. Mm. Like the Blackwing stuff, like they do yeah, yeah, cool yeah. stuff. Oh,
2: I'm not saying they don't, but like I want to see a two-seat supercar. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> if they're gonna oh. do, a, if they're gonna do a Le Mans car and then try and get into Formula One, like they need to rival the likes of McLaren, Ferrari with the road car stuff. Maybe they'll uh, do. Don't need an SUV. They'll take the Chevrolet Corvette, obviously General
1: Motors yeah. as well. Yeah, do a Cadillac version. Oh. But yeah, we want to see it, and the thing which we want to see more, which has been heavily rumoured, or maybe hoped for since this bid was announced, is good old Danny Rick would face the team, would be the front of the team, would be the hero that's how he could yeah. reignite his career. But you say that, I actually don't think that's the best no, no. <laughs> I was
2: going to say, other than the fact he loves America, that's the only way I see him fit into the team. More of as like a brand ambassador rather than an actual driver. I'm trying to think back to when a brand new
1: Formula One team entered the mm. sport, because that's what Cadillac and Andretti are,
2: They're not yeah, trying to yeah, buy an yeah. existing team. Because there was once... Not that long ago in the grand scheme of things, twenty two cars on the grid, right? Yeah, well we had we had the Virgin, which was yeah. Manor
1: racing, Caterham, and HRT, Hispanian. Mm. Those three teams, which was twenty ten, help yeah. me out somebody, I think the twenty ten season. You're not gonna get
2: any help from me. No. <laughs> <laughs> I-, I remember when there was twenty two cars on the grid. That's about as far back as my memory goes. Or
1: well, <laughs> was it twenty four? How many teams was it at that point? Oh okay. no. Well, let's let's just not i'm tired i got a baby i don't know what's going on (laughs) Um, but but yeah so those were three brand new startup teams Mm. entering Formula one total disaster yeah fell flat on their face neither of them really lasted more than two or three years were never competitive were always three or four seconds off the pace like just but it must be incredibly hard if you are a new team difficult like has has there we go yeah has the that must be the most recent new team, and they did that clever model, which is maybe what Andretti wanted to do initially, but it's now not going to be able to do, of buying in a lot of components. Mm, mm. But it's not been easy for Haas. No. They haven't won a race. Yeah. They haven't really challenged for a victory. So i think it's an uphill battle and therefore i don't think danny rick should really be betting all his eggs I, if i was him i'd be looking at audi sport yeah or just try and, like trip checo Paris that's what i mean as a, as a
2: new team how do you incentivize an entire driver to basically put their entire reputation on the line because then at that point obviously the car plays into a massive factor but danny rick's gonna have to drive out of his skin i don't think to just can. save his own brand I think Cadillac, sorry, Andretti Cadillac
1: launch with Colton Herter and, and yeah, yeah, Pato Award. You know, they they bring in American drivers yeah. because you know then there's no risk, and for the Americans it's great, and it's mm. you know, mm. so that's what I see happening. But let's let's hope. Formula One sees the light. Let's have yeah. the FIA. If, you have, if, you're, it through. if you're
2: listening, FIA. Yeah, yeah, if FIA. If you're tuning in to I recast, pronounce
1: your, I pronounced the name Yeah, anymore.
2: He might have tuned out that. Ben po- Silliman. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> at, that, <laughs> at that
1: point. Definitely not nice his name. <laughs> He's
2: probably checked out, so we don't need to deliver that message anymore. <laughs> After the
1: chick- now let's bring things back to drivers because we talked about team principles we talked about teams we want to get into what the f1 drivers have been up to in the off season (laughs) one driver i just want to start with because we've already mentioned it (laughs) is max verstappen i mean (laughs) never lets us down in terms of drama does he you know whether it's during the season or off season he's just always making headlines one way or
2: another i know but i actually feel like he's trying to be low-key well i actually think he's trying his best to focus on the racing and he's elevated himself to the point, based on his world championships and how he drives, that he can't escape. No matter what he does, it turns into a headline. Literally that. And there was an amazing TikTok I saw of, of you know
1: drivers in the off season. It was <laughs> Hamilton running and DeVries <laughs> in the gym and yuki Tsunoda on the pedal bike. <laughs> and it cuts to Verstappen like battling waves on holiday, like it's being wiped out by the sea. <laughs> uh, he's got so sort of slightly DiCaprio vibe about him. just <laughs> not giving a. But uh, he was uh, supposed to be taking part in the virtual Le Mans race, which was a proper, legit, official Le Mans organised twenty-four hour virtual sim race. Oh, wow. Had some big name drivers in it, and of course, Verstappen was one of them. He was taking it very seriously. He of did course a lot of practice, and he, we know he's obsessed
2: with his sim race. He is because he sees it as um, competition. He also sees it as training. Like, whereas you see Lewis in the gym, Max is like, no, no, no. If I'm on the sim, I'm competing against an entire world of the best of the best on the racing sim. For
1: race craft,
2: all yeah. those different
1: elements. So he really takes it probably seriously. And then I can't remember the exact exact, but either midway through the race, he was leading and his sim disconnected. No way. <laughs> Now, supposedly, this is the third or fourth time that this has happened. He's to him. upgraded his Wi-Fi, <laughs> supposedly, but apparently it's the game, and he went off.
2: Incredible! So during what game the live was it? Stream, what game? R, S- R Factor, R Factor, yeah,
1: during the live stream, he's like. Well, I'm going to uninstall the game now, and I guess all of you should as well because it's not worth having, isn't it? Well, this is great. Yep. Okay. Well, uh, he I, went
2: in brand damage,
1: and then he did a post. and Let me see. I'll try and bring up the post on my phone um, because it's like is so it is it classic? Aggressive. Yeah, classic Max. It's classic Max, like just not holding back, like just absolutely furious. Um, so. so this was whilst
2: he was in Barbados. Uh, he, so th- he has been over in the Caribbean. I've seen the photos of him in Caribbean. I'm, yes. How is that the pinnacle of motorsport? But we're yeah. going to, yeah.
1: He said, honestly, it's a joke. <laughs> you cannot call it an event. It's a clown show. That's <laughs> why it's better to retire the car because driving around in P15 for six hours makes no sense for everyone. It's a disgrace with all the effort we have put in as a team. I really hope the organisers consider where they put this game going forward because on this platform, it's not going to work. It's game over. I think I have more chance if I just go to Vegas and the casino. I would have more chance to win. I think I'm going to uninstall the game. That's nice. Frees up a bit of space on the PC anyway. And I really hope everyone uninstalls the game. So that was like the most aggressive that he was, like just ruins them. And then he did do a post, he did do a tweet as well, which or something which was uh, as
2: as horrifically aggressive. But as I said, you would never expect anything less from Matt. It literally sounds like a 14-year-old that's just been wiped out or knocked out of a game and he's just like literally that i need to explode in it so here we go
1: here's this text so i'm going to write this once it might get deleted but who cares (laughs) after five months of prep to fight for a title five months of prep so was he prepping like towards the end he literally checked out i think he's talking about is he talking about his formula one yeah no no, no, five months of prep to fight for a title and two months of prep for le mans this is what we get I don't really get that.
2: Uh, okay. So this is a he's... disgrace
1: for the sim racing community and all big brands and drivers involved. Big stutters, all race, two red flags due to attacks, you say, but then again, people disconnecting some get their laps back, some don't, because of this stupid four car rule. How can you even rely on rules when you can't even control your own shit server? This is not the first time we do this. I've literally been disconnected three out of four events. You might think after the first or second time you'd learn, but this is a disaster. The Le Mans organization should really look at what they're doing uh, with this platform because it's a clown show. I'm never competing again and that's all down to your incompetence. I, many people will follow me, lead, follow my leader. We can build something nice somewhere else because all of us teams, brands and drivers deserve it. I'm I mean, don't hold back, Max. Let them know how you feel. So brutal. I just adore it, but I still think he's a bit of a douche. Um, but yeah, so he was just fuming about his sim racing when he was not messing around in the sea and, and hanging out on a beach somewhere. Good lad. After the flag. Well, on the note of Max Verstappen and what he's been doing in the off-season, let's come on to, I guess, our, ma- our main topic, I suppose, for today. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Discussing what we've seen or what we believe the other drivers have been up to, <laughs> what I'm well,
2: believed to have seen. Yeah, Except believed like, to have seen. That's very confusing. We've dreamt it. <laughs> no,
1: no. What we think, or what we believe we know about what the drivers have been up to in the off season now. Some have been more active on social media than others. Mm. Uh, obviously, we know better than most, social media is often a lie. <laughs> <laughs> or just a little a little glimmer yeah, into what uh, the reality actually is. That's probably what I meant to say, because I think, you know, <laughs> all the drivers have posted, you know, I'm working out. yeah, and Training we'll hard, like... guys. <laughs> for this impression that they're spending their whole off-season <laughs> in the desert, yeah. working, <laughs> when actually we know that could just be one day of their <laughs> winter. Well, um, what are you trying to say? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah, sorry, giving away a bit too much. So, uh, everything you see online is true uh, but i mean obviously no surprise that one of the most active on social media during the offseason old lewis hamilton well i mean you
2: say that he can also go very quiet and then come back with a little instagram story of just some text to be like just to let you guys know i'm thinking of you all have a blessed day <laughs> and then disappear for another month
1: but isn't that only when he loses the championship oh, yeah true because <laughs> yeah Usually when he was winning, he was just like, I'm in LA, look at me with Kendall i I'll let Justin Bieber drive my (laughs) LaFerrari. That was cool content. (laughs) But this year, he seems to have gone to Antarctica Mm. with professional snowboarder, skateboarder, Sean Y and his partner, Nina Dobrev, and a few other people. (laughs) There was a lot of, if you're into this kind of stuff, a lot of gossip because apparently there was footage where you could see a woman was sitting on his lap yeah. and everyone got very excited saying he's yeah. hey, got a new girlfriend no I think um, he's, just, he's
2: very clever with, with what comes online um, but there's been loads of stories of him and, and photos as well of like when he's out in California
1: who so. he's dating who, oh yeah oh,
2: oh yeah, yeah. LA-
1: <laughs> um, but yeah, he's been living his best life and doing the classic Lewis Hamilton thing of clearly being basically on holiday, but still getting in that twenty k run. You know, like, like and he's out there like just just getting just working hard, guys running amongst penguins yeah. in <laughs> Like, okay, bro. I mean, what do they think?
2: Because I don't know why the penguins. Yeah. Like it's on trend this year for whatever reason. I like, am seeing a lot of content of people going to Antarctica I'm and going so through Drake's that. Passage. Have you seen all of that content? <laughs> so it is clever. so interesting. There
1: is like fifteen travel YouTubers that I follow. Yeah, going to Antarctica.
2: Yeah. It's like about? it's literally like four companies have bought ships and gone. Where can we go that no one's ever been before? Antarctica brilliant (laughs) let's invite all the
1: influences like lewis hamilton (laughs) so yeah they've definitely been living their best life a lot of content coming from lewis but that's you know fairly predictable and uh and yeah you know it's always fun to watch if you are a hamilton or social media fan um his teammate georgie russell Mm. he's been very on brand as
2: you would expect george say this type that do this get up at atm and drive that mercedes it's feels like exactly how his whatsapp conversations look like whilst his content uh, in the offseason has been very yeah, predictably on brand um, it's, it's uh, the stuff we're seeing from other pages well, that are hanging around him that we get to see a different side uh, to
1: george um, wonderful f- uh, racing driver jamie chadwick uh outed him by going to is this, is this public knowledge? Like well, it was on social out, media. Oh, okay. I was yeah. like,
2: he's outed him to you. Like yeah, no, no, that no. doesn't mean you can then share it well, with everyone. Like Jamie was
1: like sending me live streams <laughs> from their club nights. <laughs> George having
2: fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She posted
1: that they were out. You know, drinking and partying. Well, I don't know if he was drinking, but it looked like they're having a fun time. So good for it him. Clearly good for yeah. him
2: because on his social, it does look like it is controlled by Mercedes, which. Yeah fine potentially is well. <laughs> well the opposite to that and someone
1: who's no longer controlled by mercedes is the legend or the what is becoming the legend valtteri bottas oh his social media content has been insane i mean off-season. you have
2: introduced me to his gap year basically because i saw one video of him getting a haircut and i was like, oh yeah that's quite cool like classic valtteri but then like he's gone on and basically been even more busy than he's been in his formula one season by cycling and skateboarding. He's a content and, creator. Yeah, he is. He's yeah, 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 yeah.
1: van-like influencer. Who's
2: shooting his stuff, though? Is it his wife? Well, yeah,
1: because I think he's supporting her cycling.
2: Yeah. Or I don't know if she's Or competing. they've got a photographer that's just following them around because, like, there's some cool photos out there. But it's very influency photos. It is. Like, it's like iPhone photos. Yeah. Just really well taken. Yeah, like, yeah.
1: So he's just nailing it. He yeah. looks like he's living his best life. He's growing out his moustache and his hair, and he's drinking coffee, and he's going to cool places. And I live for the Bought Us off-season content, and I am blown away
2: uh, n- by yeah. how much of it there is. Never thought that I'd hear you say that. No. Con- considering the last few years.
1: No. I mean, I'm just like, maybe he's found a new life for himself. Yeah. And I think he's definitely feeling freer in himself mm. in his new relationship but also his new team yeah um and it's been really cool to see the flip side of that is someone who's in between charles leclerc oh. because i mean the man well has been given the impression that he's working very hard but working very dangerously
2: <laughs> oh my god <laughs> i wa- i watched a story that literally it was him with um ice hooks was ice picks the- ice picks whatever literally scaling the side of a of a massive snowy mountain in what i could only describe as quite dangerous looking weather as well it wasn't like it's blue sky and sunshine it was like hey a little bit of skiing in the morning après pray ski and then i'll just kind of scale that mountain like it literally looked bloody dangerous
1: if you go onto his instagram you can see a couple of these shots that paul's talking about they are so extreme like <laughs> yeah i can't believe fryer not being like uh, Charles, could you come <laughs> sit down, down here, please? Like, um, but he looks like he's doing it well. He seems to be surrounded with friends. Extreme, what, like
2: climbing the mountain well? As in, like, he got to the top and is still alive? I meant he's off-season. <laughs> okay. uh, he looks like he's
1: doing his off-season well. I think he's working hard, playing hard. And uh, look, you, you've spoken to me about it a lot offline. Maybe his newfound singledom mm. could... Uh, bore bore could bear anyway we could see a new side to charles in 2023 in terms of his on track driving and his focus yes
2: this is this is my hunch Mm. for for 2023 i think we got a a small shadow of what charlotte clark is capable of yes there were internal issues with ferrari as well but i think he had his own personal stuff going on he didn't know whether he was coming or going he didn't know whether his girlfriend was coming or going to the race weekends and i think that there was a lot that you can apply to maybe his mental like urge to really put in a world championship fight and I think now he has got himself into the position where he can really drive that team forward with a hundred percent focus of right. I'm going to focus entirely on my race craft. Like they've definitely got the car as long as it's got the reliability and the behind the scenes of the strategy and everything plays into their hands. Like I'm excited for this year with, 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 Leclerc, and oh I know that God, like,
1: I, hope you're yeah. right. I really <laughs> hope you're right. Um, come on, Charles. Um, and then it's been a smattering. I have to talk about old Alonso. We talk about him regularly on after Ticket Flag, not always in the most <laughs> positive ways, because I just don't like the guy. Uh, <laughs> um, but he has gone from being Alpine's biggest fan, the A110 is fantastic, to suddenly loving every single Aston Martin. Uh, he seems to be getting DBXs in every city that he ever goes to. Um, saying they're fantastic. because they're always available, Sam. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's a chat for the main Behind the Glass podcast. Can it's I be old. on it? <laughs> uh, Um, Yeah, so I don't really get the Alonso-Aston Martin marriage, because I don't feel like Aston Martin racing and Aston Martin road cars have really gelled in terms of their brand identity yet, you know, with Which is
2: really weird, considering, like, the Valkyrie, the Valhalla, like, these obscene hypercars that everyone just seems to focus on the Vantage and the safety car's a little bit slower than the Black Series and then the DBX is floating around as well. Like, Yeah, but my more so is, is brand image rather than cars. I mean, let's face
1: it, we don't, Valhalla's is not a thing yet and mm. Valkyrie is S- not really. still not a thing. There's a hu- <laughs> you know, handful of deliveries here and there. They seem to be breaking down left, right and centre and it's not a part of the Formula One circuit. But Aston Martin is one of the most evocative automotive brands ever and they are now in Formula One but because of the fact of Lawrence Stroll, Lance Vettel, now Alonso, there's oh, I see a what missing. You mean, there's no
2: real synergy.
1: No, no real synergy. Like mm. there, there, there doesn't seem to be a marriage of brand. And I'm not expecting them to wheel out James Bond theme tunes every time that the car <laughs> drives out or a Lance
2: uh, Stroll edition. Yes,
1: yeah, style, elegance, gentlemanly ship. You know. There's very few Brits within that team. Mm. So that also doesn't help with the identity. Like, so I just think, yeah, it doesn't and the Alonso thing, I'm like, I don't really get that either. But they're there to win. They're bad for results. And that's what they think they need for the best results. So I'm not gonna judge. And they got the new wind tunnel and factory coming. But yeah, this whole like Alonso, I now love Aston Martin thing to spill out. Shut up, mate. I yeah. know you're being paid
2: to say yeah. That. Um,
1: anyone else? Did you see any other cool social content over the break?
2: A lot of snow. I yeah. felt like yeah, yeah. Uh, Lando Norris, not necessarily on his socials, but on Martin garrick's Like oh, he like was hanging out and obviously like ripping the music together. <laughs> Just joking. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but they went hunting for the Northern Lights, which which looked pretty fun um the they went hunting for moose <laughs> yeah i okay, guess so they were they were hanging out um i saw albon was kind of here there and everywhere he obviously went back to thailand i thought he went to bali <laughs> <laughs> Southeast Asia, Bali. classic influences yeah. i mean that's literally where you say oh, i'm going on holidays always to bali so i was <laughs> like oh
1: alex probably followed him um <laughs> i saw did you see pierre gasly ended up at the Dubai go-kart track at the same time as Ollie Webb. I don't think they were really? there. Like, to g- like, I don't think they meant to be there
2: together, but so they, they were on going track on. at the same yeah. time. Yeah, they went racing that together. That would have been a depressing session for me and you. <laughs> <laughs> <Can>
1: you <imagine laughs> uh, hey, Paul, you want to go go-karting on Thursday? <laughs> we'll probably be the quickest <laughs> yeah, ones <there>. yeah. <laughs> nope. Um And then, yeah, didn- and then apart from that, like I saw a there's few a- bits of like
2: Piastri like getting ready for the season. I was going to say there's also, from the, from the driver's perspective, I think now we're coming into getting close to the, the livery reveal everyone's starting to get called back into the office and the briefings and the sim and the wind tunnel uh a lot of drivers now are also being like hey guys like i'm starting to train again and carlos signs was one of those ones where there was a little smidge of him going over to dakar that and, was cool which the was really down. cool that was very cool. um but then you also saw hey guys i'm really focused for this year and i'm i'm ready to uh win <laughs> it was like, yeah, I, I kind of got that impression that he was doing it for the sake of just talking about it rather than just action speak out of the words, Carlos.
1: Just on Carlos Sainz Sr. for a second, because we touched on him in the fact that Carlos Sainz Jr. went to see him in the Dakar. Did you hear that insane story that Carlos Sainz Sr. had some kind of... I don't think he had a cardiac arrest, but he had something happen to him on the rally. and He was in an ambulance, and he started to feel better in the ambulance, so he made the ambulance turn around and go back and take him back he to the so he could keep going. I
2: mean, <laughs> I've, been, I've been ill for the last 45 days and not got off the sofa, so... <laughs> I, uh, I mean, yeah, I commend the fella. <laughs> but my God, yeah. Unreal, unreal.
1: Anyway, that kind of brings an end to our first episode of the year, our off-season review, I guess, or or off-season chat. Well, it's just kick-starting what we are planning on driving forward. Well, there we go. And we'll be back again in a few weeks' time when I don't think we would have had the first
2: launches, but we'll be approaching launches. What I'm going to do is come in with drawings of what I think the cars are going to look like. That's a (laughs) disaster. Please don't do that. (laughs) Um, We
1: could be in for a shock new livery, William supposedly have signed a big deal with golf. So oh, we could yes. have a return of a golf livery, which yes. would be amazing to would see. Would you buy the merch? All the merch. Oh. All the merch. Oh, Williams fan anyway. Who's not a Williams fan? Um, so yeah, if you want to see future episodes of After the Checker Flag, head over to Recast. Uh, there you can get access to all of our episodes five days before they go out audio only and in video format. Uh, or you can sit around and still uh, wait for the next episode here on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. I don't or think or they'd sit listening. around
2: in between Recast going live and the podcast going live on audio. I don't think no, they'd no, around
1: between like you know like hang out between episodes, yeah hang out chill wait for the new episode go yeah. live yeah? yeah i don't mean literally sit there staring at yeah, yeah. your phone for two weeks <laughs> that's what <laughs> I, I had think. in my head I think just w- like what do we do now <laughs> that would be strange <laughs> um if you want to follow paul in between this and the next episode he's of course wallace pgw on a lot of social media platforms hopefully i would have done some content this year by the <laughs> way uh, i'm out seeing through glass and yes and we'll be back with you in a few weeks for another episode of after the chicken flag this is where the uh, theme tune yeah theme interesting Hear the theme tune. <laughs>
2: hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget?